0: Hey guys! Super quick pre-roll today, uh, but I really would like to invite you. Um, in case you don't follow me on Instagram, I really would like to to invite you to do so. Um, head over to Instagram. Um, you find my profile. That's Ben underscore underscore ID one one as the number. Um, because Instagram is really becoming more and more our central most up-to-date information app, where we share videos, um news whenever we have new blog posts, whenever we have new podcasts, a lot of pictures, information materials. Are really it, it 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 becomes our central information hub and I would love to, to welcome you um in the community to join uh, thousands of others um aviation enthusiasts. So head over Ben underscore underscore ID1 on Instagram would love to to welcome you as a follower. And now let's get into the podcast.
1: So welcome back. And I and I see the room is filling up with people and i think that will continue um throughout the introduction that i want to do right now but um i think we're all i hope you are all patiently waiting um to get this next webinar of the future fuel that going so um yeah with that let's just jump right in and with a very warm welcome to all of you out there um thanks for being here um it's already the second webinar um, of the future fuel lab so of course a special welcome to all of you who have uh who are here for the first time and also to the ones that are uh, let's say returning visitors uh to this format and um it's a pleasure to have you with us again uh so i think that's a good sign that you enjoyed um the first session um we did in november um so yeah so what this what is this all about? Um, for the people who were here in November, I can tell you not much has changed. Um, so it's again the same format. We have some high caliber guests talking about all the topics that interest you in the field of digital fueling. Um, for the people who are here for the first time, of course, I would like to give a little bit more of an introduction. Um, so in September 2020, we started um, our Future Fuel Lab as some kind of an initiative that um, is centered around the idea of bringing together industry experts from, um, from different fields of professions, of course with digital fueling intent has to be from airlines um, and from interplaners and of course all of the different departments that are connected um, to the fueling process uh, in that regard. And to, and to really give them a, a, f- a forum to to exchange their uh, current ideas, what needs to be done to optimize fueling, um, how can we make it more safe in the times of COVID, and all those um, little ideas that um, that are wandering around in, in your heads basically um, need a forum that we can all share um, share them, talk talk about them together. Um, and this is what we uh, we wanted to uh, establish with the future fuel lab. Um, so, of course, up until now, this is only something completely digital. So, of course, this this webinar uh, series is the, the is the cornerstone, let's say, um, of of the whole future fuel lab at the moment. But we hope that we can uh, do something offline in the future very soon, as soon as the. Circumstances allow it, of course. Um, so it, it is really still our goal to have most of you coming over um, to to Frankfurt in the future to to have a little networking event with, of course, the same things we like to do online. So having high caliber guests on stage talking about the most important developments in the field of digital fueling. Um, so. And coming to what we really want to do today in in particular, is um, looking back at the last time, we really wanted to cover the topic from every single perspective that's possible. So we had pilots on stage, we had uh, interplaners on stage, stage, we had the IT providers of interplaners on stage. So, and of course the airlines as well. So it really a uh, broad overview of how different parties Uh, perceive the the, the fueling and digital fueling um, at the moment and um, if you haven't joined uh, the event back then of course you can still watch the recording on our website so afuel.id1.de feel free to check it out but please do that after this one Um, there's not much it's not like a show that you need to watch the first episode to understand the second one (laughs) because of uh and uh Of course, especially because of you, uh, because all of you are some kind of experts in the field, so you probably know what I'm talking about. Um, So but for this time, we really wanted to make a little bit shorter than the last time. Um, So this time, it's first of all shorter um, and more importantly, more practically orientated. So um, because this time we really want to focus on what does it really take to implement a digital fueling at your airline and your interplaner company. So this is really the goal that we want to um, achieve today. Um, For that, um, the the circle of speakers is a little bit smaller than the last time. Um, So we have two speakers today representing uh, an airline, that's uh, Cathay Pacific, and uh, an interplaner that is uh, Shell Aviation. Um, They jointly um, started a digital fueling pro uh, project in uh, summer of 2020 so in the midst of uh, the global pandemic so some of you might think that's probably not the best time to start something like that uh, but we will uh, convince you um, convince you of the of the opposite today and uh, I, I assure you that the first question that i'm going to ask uh, David, that's the representative of um, Cathay, who will be joining us today. Uh, Why the hell did they do it in uh, such testing times for the aviation industry? Um, So yeah, so without further ado, I would um, really like to um, invite um, Johnson from uh, Shell Aviation and David from Cathay Pacific, as I said, on stage to to get this whole thing rolling, because I, uh, yeah, I see the number of participants is growing constantly. So I think we are, as I said, you're all waiting to get this thing going. And um, here we go. Johnson, thank you very much for being with us today.
2: Hi Robin. Thank you for inviting.
1: No, it, it's a it's a pleasure. So my side. Thank you, David. Hey. Hi.
2: Hi,
3: okay. everyone. Hi.
1: Yeah, so um, With us three being on stage, this is basically the setup you will see throughout the three sessions we're going to do today. So the first session is going to be a joint session with the three of us um, talking about um, the the project in every little detail uh, that you can imagine. And after that, we will continue with David to look a little bit more uh, on the topic from an airline perspective and then over to Johnson to um, do the same thing from an interplaner perspective. Mm -hmm. During all sessions, um, that's directed at you, the audience, um, you can go to the question tab on on the right-hand side of your screen. I hope uh, that you can see it and you can type in questions whenever you want to. We will uh, try to answer them at the end of each session, so we will um, accumulate them and then um, try to answer them as good as possible at the end of every session. So, um, I think, guys, are we ready? For the first session? Yep. yep you are. All right. Um, and then yeah, as already said, um, the the idea behind um this session is really to walk you to, to walk the audience through the whole um project that you two that, that the two companies of you um did and with um having you on stage here as the two um yeah project leaders, let's say. Um, during that time, it's uh, it's really a pleasure to have you to to talk about all that. And of course, it's not only about the project itself that will come later in the session, but also um, how did you approach it? Why did you do it? Um, what were the decisions you needed to take before um, actually um, engaging with with the other parties to uh, to 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 start the project? So, um, as I already <laughs> said in the introduction. Um, First question for today, David, that is uh, directed at you. And again, a massive thank you. Uh, Thank you to you for being with us today. Um, So why the hell did you start to think about something um, as digital fueling, or why did you start a digital fueling uh, project in the midst of the 2020 COVID pandemic? It was a really testing time for the aviation industry, as we all know, and we as we all still know. Um, so what were you thinking, guys?
3: Okay, yeah, so first of all, uh, let me introduce myself. Uh, this is David from Cafe Pacific. Um, so I'm from the Cafe Pacific IT department, and uh, I'm the solution lead on that, uh, on this uh, digital review uh, project. Yeah, so uh, I'm so... Glad that uh, you know, uh, Robin invited me to this webinar to share our experience with you all. Okay, so uh, Robin, uh, back to your question. Um, so um, actually, you know, this whole uh, digital refueling idea was actually initiated by one of our projects in Cafe Pacific that uh, we started in year about uh, twenty seventeen. Uh, so about. Uh, or four years ago uh, for the digitalization of our flight operation, uh, which including an in-house developed EFF application. Uh, So just for those people who are not familiar with the term EFF, uh, it stands for uh, electronic uh, flight folder. So it means, uh, you know, uh, with the traditional way, uh, the flight plan is in paper format. So we would like to digitalize it and create a digital platform. So we have a created a digital platform so that it has enabled a lot of new opportunity, uh, opportunities for us to introduce new technology into our flight operations. Um, the project does not only digitalize some of our existing process, but also help leaning our existing plus uh, business model with the new help from the new technology, uh, digital review is one of the new uh, opportunities that we can see, and are uh, already planned in our roadmap before the pandemic uh, period. Uh, so, Great um, Pacific has started the engagement with uh, Singapore Shell uh, on the e uh, uh during the pandemic. period which which is a difficult period for the whole industry. Uh, But there are three reasons why we want to go ahead and start the e-filling project under such a difficult uh, period. Okay, so the first first one, uh, we can foresee that this is the right direction to go and this must be uh, the trend for the whole uh, industry in the future. And the company will benefit from it in the long term. That's the first reason. Uh, and the second reason is, uh, you know, uh, during that, uh, during this period uh, protecting our pilot is also very important. Uh, so this will help reduce a number of unnecessary direct connection uh, with, uh, I mean, a um, uh, uh, crew from, you know, someone else. And also the third reason uh, for us is during this uh, difficult period, actually our number of flights is reduced. So it means uh, we are not as busy as usual. So this is actually a good timing for us to do some trial and also you know uh, uh, a good timing for us to learn from the trial and do adjustment and improve our process and also our system during this period. Yeah, so that's um, why we choose to do it during this period.
1: So thank you, David, for those insights. I think, yeah, as you said, if you've started the pro, uh, the, the, pro uh, the project so, much, uh, so many years earlier, it makes sense, of course, to continue with that um, and doesn't uh, shy away from 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 the pandemic. So so kudos to you to to sticking to your project plan at that point. Um, and um, yeah, and also for for having engaged with uh, with us for that um, project. And yeah. That's uh, connected to, to the second question I wanted to ask you. So um, normally uh, we recommend to, to um, find a uh, strong partner with a strong IT uh, environment to, to do such a joint project. So this is, of course, um, directed at um, what interplaner you are choosing to, um, to do the digital fueling with first. So, um, so why did you approach then um, Shell Aviation? And uh, not any other um, um,
3: interplaner that you have contracted at the moment? Uh, okay. Um, yeah, so I think that the answer is uh, pretty straightforward. Um, so, first of all, um, you know, SIX uh, has decided to use, um, you know, uh, uh, information design as our partner, and Shell has already integrated with the Afield Hub already. So therefore uh the this decision was made immediately with any doubt that you know uh, it has helped making the whole situation easier for us uh, from the i.t uh, perspective and also from the management uh, perspective um and also uh, the result has actually proven that uh, we have made the right decision on on this approach
1: all right thank you so that's so i think that's a very good point to bring uh johnson into yeah conversation so um as david already said so you started the um integration project with our uh, a fuel hub in the past yeah. in, in europe with your SkyPad system um to communicate with uh, airlines like Lufthansa on, on european airports um so i guess it was always the plan to expand the use of this integration uh, even further um am i right with that and of course um, thanks for being with us and uh, at first I give you the, the chance to introduce yourself
2: thanks thanks Robin so hi everyone uh, my name is Johnson so uh, very happy to be here representing um, Shell Aviation um, I work in the sales and marketing team so you might be thinking why is a sales and marketing guy doing this uh, IT session right uh, but um, I, I just like to know share that we are all very integrated right so if if it does what they what, what they do without consulting with the guys on the ground then i think uh, you have a user unfriendly product right and i think this is also one of the big learnings that we have right as we as we go through all this integration um so um firstly I, I, robin i'd like to thank um id1 right uh information design for inviting us into this webinar I think it's such a great honor for us to uh, be here talking about the benefits of digitalization, especially for our industry, right? In these difficult times, um, Shell Aviation has always prided ourselves um, on operational efficiency, right? So I think very early on, um, in I think sometime in 2016, we recognized the need to actually digitize our uh, ground operations, right? So that we we uh, cut out the as many manual processes as possible, right? And at the same time realize some of these uh, operational efficiency benefits that comes along with it, on top of what we already have, right? So such integration actually comes with uh, benefits like um, data accuracy, um, time savings at the apron, and I think in the recent COVID world, right, uh, social distancing becomes something achievable, right? If you imagine what goes on around a plane at the apron, there's a lot of people and vehicles moving around, right? Uh, the less interaction we can have, right, uh, directly reduces the risk of our frontline workers contracting COVID-19, right? Intentionally or unintentionally. So I think our goal here is always about operational efficiency, right? And helping the industry realize this efficiency through digitalization. Um, as for, so I think going back to your question, right? So um, about um, um, leveraging this integration with uh, AFU Hub further so i think uh, we did integrate our system with yours right uh, based on a separate project uh before kate um and i think for this kate integration what happened was uh, um using a few hub was a kate decision right so uh from our point of view skype is very much system agnostic yeah uh what we like to what, well, how we like to position ourselves is that uh, as as long as a customer is willing uh, to integrate because they realize the benefits behind it, right? Uh, we are agnostic. Uh, uh, we are agnostic about the system that you are using. We are able to then integrate with um, most, if not all, cloud-based systems, right? So, however, due to the work that we had in the previous project uh, and like what David said, we are already integrated with the your Hub. Uh, due to that, the integration became a lot. Simpler, right? So I think uh, David can attest to this as well. Um, everything became much faster as well because I think we worked out quite a lot of kinks uh, in the previous project, and I think all these learnings then get brought into the to the integration with Cathay, and I think that helped us uh, achieve the goal life a lot faster. Uh, so I think SkyPad. So I think just want to state that SkyPad uh, is actually our shell system for ground operations. We are we have already um, rolled it out throughout our entire network at about more than 100 sites, uh, of which 78 of them are directly connected to to the cloud, and uh, therefore allows for for this integration and cloud-based exchange of data. So I think uh, we leverage the Ayata data uh, standards as well, and I think uh, that's what we've been doing in the previous project and the current one with uh, Cathay. so um, the aim then is that uh, in future, right, uh anyone who is willing to adhere to IATA data standards, right, uh, we should be able to very quickly integrate given our current experience.
1: Okay, thank you. So uh just to sort that out for the audience once more. Um so of course we have um Skypad on on, on the one hand side that you are um, offering a direct integration um to, um for, for, for airlines um of whatever choice, you know? So so you d- could also, of course, um connect with them directly. But um but Cathay made the choice of course um as an airline to 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 go with um the A-Fuel hub as a middleman at that point and integrate with that to to basically have the flexibility to connect to 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 other interplaners at the same time. And um for you for you Johnson and Shell um the huge advantage in that was um, that the integration was so much easier and and actually already proven in a different project and therefore so much faster um, when when doing the project um, with uh, with uh, with cafe in the end. Um, but um, directing that question at, 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 at David again first. Um, so, what is, what is the real benefit of that for you to um, really? So, so, why did you make the, cho- the, the choice to select uh, the A Fuel Hub as a middleman so, or any, cup, any hub as a middleman to connect to Shell? Um, you, you, you could have um, gone for a direct integration. Um, what, is, what is in that f- in terms of flexibility and ease of use for you? Um,
3: when, 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 when making that choice? OK, yeah. So um, um, first of all, um, for, um, for Cafe Pacific, um, we have considered uh, different uh, options uh, for the digital refueling, uh, Like what you mentioned, uh, one of the options is uh, we can have a direct integration uh, with uh, into playing agent system. And also, we can also through uh, some uh, other service to help us on the uh, integration. Uh, but anyway, finally, we have chosen um, uh, ID1 or the Afield Hub as our final solution. Um, so um, when, uh, actually, before we uh, make the decision, uh, we have considered multiple factors. Um, um, Uh, After considering uh, considering all those factors, uh, we have concluded uh, AFIL uh, is uh, one of the best solutions or options for uh, cafe Pacific on the market. And um, and, uh, before the decision, we have considered the following factors. Um, The first one is uh, the complexity of the integration uh, with different service providers over uh, multiple channels. Uh, We would like to have one single solution for cafe specific that uh, we can expand our network with one single integration channel only in the future. Otherwise, it will be too complicated for us to manage. Uh, Also, uh, this service provider is able to have some flexibility to help support some uh, tailor-made configuration to help us to standardize uh, the message content and also the message exchange flow. Because on the market, you know, we have different uh, service provider and you know uh, the um, functionality and the standard may be a little bit different, even though they all uh, follow the ELT standard. So um, this is the first uh, factor that we consider. And the second factor for us is you know we would like to enable maximum uh, number of airports in the shortest period for us, you know, um, as you can imagine uh, for Cafe Pacific, we have um, covered a large of airports uh, over the world. So if we need to, you know, enable each airport one by one, it will take a very long time for us. But for uh, a, uh, the AFU hub, because it has already established, you know, um, uh, your network with a uh, a service, uh, uh, service provider and also at multiple airports already so you have saved us a lot of time and effort uh, to try to enable a new airport for the e-fueling uh, therefore enable a new airport is really you know uh, uh, under the a fuel hub is making us uh, the life much easier okay and other than that, the uh, the third uh, factor that we consider is the stability of the system. So this is a very important factor for us. Uh, even though I would like to say, uh, even though, for example, the system is done, we, we always have the fallback plan, which is, you know, uh, for, we can always fall back to uh, the manual process. But however, you know, uh, we would like to uh, provide a good you know, uh, experience to our pilots. So, uh, so stability is also an important factor for us. Uh, so we understand Lufthansa has already been using the a hub for a period of time already, and it has given us the confidence about the stability of the a hub. And also, it's yes, uh, actually proven that the a hub is very stable uh, so far after we have using um, the servers. Uh, so we have never experienced any, you know, technical issue with uh, a field hub uh, since the go live, and uh, the, and finally uh, the last factor that we consider is the costing. Um, you know, uh, costing is not ta- not just talking about money. Uh, time is also a very important factor. Uh, so um, uh, with the co- cooperation with um, um, uh, ID one. It actually saves our ID team a lot of time and effort on the development. And also, by comparing to the cost required to establish uh, the network, uh, with uh, you know, uh, different E-filling system one by one individually, and also the future and uh, maintenance costs for all those integration channels. Uh, We believe the cost that we pay on AFIL is, you know, much more ideal for Cafe Pacific. So that's um why uh we choose to partner with uh ID1 on that uh, digital review. All
1: right, perfect uh, and thank you for those insights. Um uh Johnson, anything to add in terms of um the ease of use and the benefits for Shell that you haven't mentioned uh in uh in the previous uh in your previous answer?
2: Yeah, so I think um I think just like i said earlier right um from shell's perspective we are very much a uh, system agnostic and uh, typically um we don't usually get to make the choice of what system to use for the customer right <laughs> so um, um for example for kate they made a decision right and uh, uh they they found out that uh, we've integrated before right so they asked us to work with them uh for the integration with them um, so specifically to this integration work, I think the key benefit then uh, was really the savings on project timeline um, because of the similarities of our past experience. You know? um, that said, uh, we welcome all kinds of direct or indirect integration, right? So I think uh, um, airlines typically make the decision on which one makes more sense for them, right? So I think we just heard from Kete. Uh And I think for, for from us, Um, From our perspective, the key at the end of the day is to get started, right? I think uh, once you get started and you clear the first hurdle, and typically the first hurdle is uh, management approvals, budget to be set aside, uh, and then getting that first kickoff call in, right, I think subsequent connections will get easier, right? Um, I, I, I mean, no doubt, the integration with Kete was much easier compared to the first one. Uh, that we did with you guys right um, if you think about it um, the number of scrum calls we had the project timeline and the number of delays we had to keep uh, reporting back to our respective management well we're, we're, we're much uh, well much uh, a very different picture I would say yeah so um, let's just put it this way once the IT infrastructure protocols are in place right it gets easily replicated and scaled, right I think the best analogy I can use in our everyday life will be WhatsApp. <laughs> right? Once you use it, once you have it and you use it, all, all they do is uh, improve on it, right, with better features, newer features and all that. So I think it's, it's, a, it's the same kind of concept, right, for, for us. Um so I think um that's basically the, the 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 ease of use, I guess, um um if you think about uh, leveraging what we have done previously.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I think I think for, for, for both of you, uh, scalability—that that is really the, the the term that should stick in in, in, the head, in the minds of the audience. Because as soon as the integration is done once, of course there might be uh, some some uh, some problems connected to it. The efforts might be a little bit uh, bigger. But as soon as the, the first integration is done, everything after that is just growing and growing, and the and the efforts are um, getting smaller and smaller with every effort that is connected exactly so um good um david coming back to you and um you've listed um you you, you made your uh, decision path let's say very clear on why you you choose um A fuel hub as, as a middleman with um, with with your previous answer but we all know that for airlines you know the, the it infrastructure that the, the whole environment is always a little bit different. I know that there's um, market solutions that a lot of airlines are using, but in the end, every airline set up to manage the operational process is a little bit different here and there. Um, mm-hmm. and I think you already touched on that in your first question with, with the project the digitalization project you started in mm-hmm. 2018. Um, so, would you like? Could you please give us a little bit more insight on how that setup at at Cafe looks, and of course, especially with a focus on the digital fueling process to to give the audience a better, uh, maybe to find themselves a little bit better in your situation.
3: Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so, as what you mentioned, you know, uh, this is related to you know part of my answer for the first question. Uh, so a few years back, uh, Cafe Pacific has uh, started project to review our fight operation uh, procedure uh, which have never been changed for that case um therefore we started a new project to review the whole operational procedure uh, from end to end um sorry excuse me sorry okay um and then uh, we ana- analysis you know how we can apply new to- uh, new technology, to help improve or lean our uh, existing operation. Uh, so we also have uh, studied a few existing solutions on the market. Uh, but seems like a lot of them can really f- fulfill our requirements perfectly. Um, as a result, uh, Cafe Pacific decided to build our own solution with our uh, in-house development team. Um, However, the most important is not just about the EFF application itself that we created, uh, but also um, with that application, we have created a whole new uh, digital platform uh, for our flight operation that is feasible to expand with uh, new features. So digital review is one of the new features that we have. You know added to our digital platform once we uh, decided to go ahead and uh, of course uh, integration with uh, different uh, digital referring system provider uh, will be another stories um, but when we start this project for digital review we realized that uh, it's not that simple since uh, you know cafe pacific have over 600 flights per day and covering a lot of uh, airports in different countries uh, it will require a lot of effort for us to enable you know the digital field for uh, each airport from scratch uh, one by one, um, and once again this is the reason why we choose uh, to um, uh, partner with uh, ID One to use their AField uh, uh, hub as our solution on the digital review.
1: All right, thank you. Um very similar question directed uh, directed at you Johnson looking at your system that you've been developing with uh, uh, together with SAP over the last couple of years and yeah. as already um, touched on the topic that you uh, did the integration with the a fuel hub uh, a couple of years ago and um, having the the word scalability in in, uh, in mind what does it mean really in practical terms for you so what does it take to connect a new airline via the a fuel hub for for Shell and uh, for the Skypad system. Johnson? David, you can still hear me, right?
3: Yeah, I can still hear you. Probably Johnson got some connection issue, maybe.
1: Looks like it. Uh, first time, first time we have connection problems. The last time, the last we- webinar, I, I, I still can't believe it, but it went through without any technical difficulties. <laughs> but they had to come, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Uh, he lost the connection, OK. Good. Um. Let's see if he's able to rejoin in a second.
3: Yeah, I think I think it's coming. Hello. Hello. Hey, welcome back.
1: That's a prayer. So, that, technical
2: the issues. Press. yes technical problems uh, we have many of them (laughs) during integrations right (laughs) i'm so sorry for that uh, but i lost you a little bit robin i didn't really hear the last part of the question you were asking something along the lines of um something along the scalability and then i I kind of lost you there yeah (laughs)
1: So um, yeah, turning that scalability or translating that into practical terms. So, what does mm-hmm. it really mean uh, for Shell and the Skypad system to to integrate with a new airline um, using the A fuel hub um, at the moment? So, so what what kind of configuration is needed on your side and um, with having the initial project set up in place? Uh, what's mm-hmm. the what's the effort at the moment really for you?
2: Um, so I think um, I think the key here um, on, on what's, what's needed, okay, so I think we already have all the hardware and software in place, right? And I think uh, one other key ingredient is the experience that we have already gained. Um, I say this because when we talk about scalability, um, we have iterated through so many scenarios, right, given our uh, work. Uh, given given the experience that we have through the work with Cathay, the work with uh, uh before Cathay, right? Um and we have integrated with different types of systems so far and different airlines. And uh we all know different airlines have different ways of working, right? Uh with different operational procedures, right? So every airline will have a uh, some sort of uh uh standard operating manual, right? Uh which which you know they can't really deviate much from, right? So I think we have done so much iteration that I think um, this deep part of the learning curve in terms of integrating with a new airline is really behind us. Right. And given where we are today, uh, we find ourselves more in a position where we could even probably guide airlines who are interested in, in, in this area, right, to go from concept to reality. Right. In, in, in a much shorter amount of time, right, instead of the three of us um, um, um trying to figure things out together right uh we already know what's the best practice in, in 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 I would say 90% of the scenarios yeah and then we adapt them depending on airline's needs airline's operating procedure yeah so i think um it's then about speed right so uh what it takes for us is the willingness <laughs> i would say from our from airlines to want to integrate right if you are willing to 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 work with us right we are willing to work with you right and i think uh instead of Spending a year, a year and a half to achieve integration, right? Uh, if you have a cloud-based system already and you're willing to adhere to IATA data standards, right? I think um, it becomes a lot easier. Uh, since a lot of things have been all ironed out, Now, We can point out. We can even point out like key questions that need to be addressed. Uh, uh, between both parties. I think um, this was uh probably something that we went through with uh Kate, right, David? Um, um yeah. we went through the whole. All the other all key questions that need to be answered uh, pretty quickly and I think we share a lot of uh, learnings with each other right uh, and I think uh, we share a lot of our past experience with Cathay and I think that helped the whole process right so I think for newer airlines um, we we spent I think there's a special uh, I think I think in terms of timeline I think we spend probably half a year I, I can't remember I need to check my notes but I think uh, probably with the next airline who have who's already already has a cloud-based system, we might be able to do it faster. Of course, no guarantees, yeah. But I think um, um, if by a larger solution is ninety percent similar, I don't think it's going to be too difficult for us to uh, work things out quickly. Yeah. So I think that's that's key, right? I think the, the right now we are at a at a, at a point where um, we are looking for willing partners to continue on uh, on this journey with us. Yeah. So with uh, new partners come in, right? I believe we can integrate much faster compared to our.
1: Perfect. Good. Thank you for that. So, you know, after after the, all those questions, I think we're now at a point where we really understand everything um, how Cathay came to the point where they decided to um, decided to go ahead with the digital fueling pro- uh, project and integrate with the A Fuel Hub, and then, of course, choosing Shell as a partner because they have already integrated and um, integrated with the hub, and ev- that makes makes everything a lot faster, and um, that a lot of um, problems that ha- that might occur have already been sorted out through previous integrations um for the next part of the session i would like to really go into the details of the technical project but um to give the audience a little bit of a better understanding before doing that um i would like to um just quickly share my screen with all of you um to give you a better understanding of what it really means um to when an airline and an interplaner communicates via the a fuel hub um, about um, their, their fueling process, because um, I think um, the two of you already touched on that as well. Um, that there is the that we're utilizing the AIDX um, XML scheme um, that is um, public, uh, uh publicated by the ADA um, to 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 facilitate the whole project, uh, the, the process. So um, as I already said, so we have um, basically the airline. In that uh, in, in that case, cafe and um, the interplane in that case, shell on the two hand on on the two sides of the on the, on the two ends of the communication, let's say. And um, normally, of course, this this uh, process would would work um, kind of manually, um, phone calls, paper based um, receipts, and everything. And now with all this become digital and way faster and the idea of that is of course that the a fuel hub becomes that middleman um that allows a fast integration for the interplaner and a fast integration for the for the for for the airline as well and it gives both parties to um to basically exchange this part or this part this part in terms of cafe and this part in terms of shell and exchange it with with another partner so for um for um, Cathay, of course, they could use another um, interplaner on here because that is connected to the AFU hub and the same thing goes with Shell. They could use the AFU hub to communicate to, um, to other airlines and all that can be done in, um, in such a short time because the integration with the middleman is already so the idea here is really that the first message of the adx scheme that's the fuel order—that that is sent out by the by the by the pilot across the hub towards the interplaner so the interplaner of what now knows what um which plane at what time needs to be fueled what amount of um, gas uh, of, of kerosene so um then of course um this order has to be acknowledged by the interplaner so that the airline in the end knows that everything worked as intended so and that um, they can go um go uh, go forward with the process um, um as usual basically so and then at one point um the interplaner can communicate different uh, progress messages of this fueling process for example the truck has left the left the station it has arrived at the um at 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 the aircraft it has started fueling and uh, and all that so this can be um can be done as detailed as the interplaner likes to so this is really up to the uh, to the interplaner and of course um in communication with the airline what kind of information they need at what point in the process so this is of course always send over to the pilot or the airline itself so that they always know um at what point in time in the process we are so and then of course we have a fuel summary that's the message where um, basically the receipt that the, the e-ticket that um that tells the um that, that that gives the information of what has been done by the interplaner so what ha- how much has been fueled at what time when has the fueling uh, been uh, been finished and all this information that needs to be sent over to the airline and of course this is usually done with on on, on a paper on a paper slip um, that in the end of course needs to be signed and all those steps that are now that are now completely digital because the fuel summary can be acknowledged uh, by a fuel summary acknowledgement message and sent over to the interplanet so in the end there's really no um, per, um, personal interaction needed, no need to wait for a pilot to give them a signature, no need for uh, maybe a, a printer fails. we know how printers work. <laughs> they never work as intended for example. Um, and all that get, becomes digital and this message uh, message message exchange, um is of course as you see it on here some kind of standardized so you have the different message types that can be communicated but the the, the details in those messages can be slightly can slightly vary from 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 uh, from airline to interplaner and and how they would like to communicate. But all those information, of course, can be facilitated um, by this message because we have free text fields and all that. So in the end, um, the fueling process that an airline has in place can always be uh, depicted by this process and the interplaner can always deliver the information the airline needs and vice versa. So this is really what I wanted to show you um, before going into um, the, the technical details of the project that Cathay and, um, Cathay and Shell um, went through for uh, at, at Singapore at, at Singapore airport. So let's, let me go back, uh, stop the sharing and erase that headache creating thing for you. So now we're back, I hope it all worked. I didn't hear any complaints from your <laughs> side so i think yeah. uh, everything went through as expected um so um to you david after having clarified the general message flow um i yeah. would like to come back and focus on what that really means for the parties involved so what did you have to do on your side especially because it was mm-hmm. the first time you're doing it uh, working with this um with this scheme and yeah. message? So, what did you have to do on your side to basically speak that language? So, speak AIDX. What 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 was the um, technical bits and pieces that you had to do?
3: Okay, yeah. So, according to your previous uh, presentation, uh, it uh, it looks you know um, it looks simpler than what we actually need to do. I mean, before we start the uh, the Enabling the e filling uh, so in the presentation, only have uh, you know, the pilot and also the uh, uh, into plane agent. Uh, but uh, actually, for, for Cafe, uh, Cafe Pacific, um, before we start um, um, or we, before we start the, uh, to enable the uh, digital review, uh, we actually need to involve uh, multiple parties uh, into the discussion before we uh, really uh, start and go ahead. Um, so, first of all, uh, we will need to involve the fire operation department. Uh, we also need to involve the field uh, procurement department and also the finance department. Uh, we need to understand the existing procedure for the manual field uplift. Um, from the fire operational department and see how we can map the, magic, uh, the message flow without changing too much of the current operation model. I mean, for the many process. Uh, On top of it, uh, we have revealed the uh, potential benefit that can be created with the new technology as well um, for the digital review. Um, We also need to understand from the field procurement department, uh, the potential benefit for them from the field course point of view, of course and uh, moreover we need to uh, discuss with our finance department to understand you know how the new process will impact our payment systems okay so this is uh, the discussion uh, internal with uh within cafe pacific um and also um um of course we also need to um um cooperate with uh, id1 uh, we need to discuss with ID One on how we can set up uh, integration channel between ID One and our Cafe Pacific platform. And for um, for uh, our own ID department, we need to discuss, you know, with our own ID teams and also our UX design team how we can enable the message exchange function. In our EFF application in a user friendly way. Um, We also need to discuss with our product owner to discuss, you know, about the expected message flow and system behavior. And one of the most important topics is not interrupting uh, any existing operational procedure for our pilots. Because for our pilots, they, you know, they have been. Uh, using the same operational for, uh, procedure for a long time already, so we do not want to introduce, you know, anything that you know really interrupt the existing uh, procedure that have been operating for decades and proven to be, you know, uh, working and efficiency. Um, of course, uh, we also need to um, work with Strau and SAP. Uh, So SIX has uh, gone through a few meetings with Shell, like what uh, Johnson just mentioned, and also uh, 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 Shell SAP ID 1 to understand uh, the teleco requirement and also the system behavior of uh, uh, Skype. We have asked um, questions about uh, the behavior uh, uh, under different scenarios. To confirm that there's no gap on the expect uh, expectation uh, before we start the real integration and also the deferment. All
1: right, David, thank you, thank you for those insights. Yeah. And I think as yeah. expected, of course, there are a lot of um, departments that need to be uh, talked to when 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 starting such a, uh, such a process, and um, that um, the, the, the the fueling process itself, all the all the processes that you have in place for years or for years and years that they should be uh not touched at that point just to digitalize something but that the digital um, project needs to adapt to this um to to the processes you have i I think um as you can see um that this is always possible so this that um the 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 scheme and 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 everything allows the adapt adaptation to the to every fueling process that airlines have in place so there's no need to work so you don't need to be scared of change of needing to change your processes you just yep. make i think that's that, that that's very um uh, one very important message uh there
3: yeah yeah and uh also one thing i would like to call out you know even though in my previous answer you know i mentioned a lot of uh, uh steps and also a lot of party involved there but um, i just want to um uh, call that you know actually we only need to that once that's it then yeah. uh for for the future uh you know um enabling uh, new airports you know no need to go through all those just you know um coordinate with the uh uh, uh interplaying agent if you know they have already integrated with id1 then uh you know we can already talk with id1 uh, i mean the apu hub uh you meet almost immediately
1: here we are again scalability yeah yeah, yeah. Um, okay yeah. Johnson, um of course shell already has uh, know how to use the aidx scheme everything has been in place with previous integration but what yeah. it meant to to do it um with shell i think in in previous talks we had um you mentioned that training the operators at, at the at the ground yeah. was uh, one very important point for you as well right
2: Yeah, so I think uh, just a few points, I will will echo uh, what David has talked about, right? So we had to ensure or rather rather have a degree of confidence that uh, we don't break the other processes and the other systems. And I think the operations team became very, very important as well, um, especially because, um, so like what David said, as you go to another airport and you introduce this integration at another airport, From a software point of view, it is very much simpler, right? Compared to um, just uh, and but but it's not so simple when it comes to uh, asking operators to pick up a new um, 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 digital solution. Yeah, Uh, operators have been doing the paper based uh, ticket receipts for a very long time, right? Uh, It takes time to then train them and help them understand what to expect. What kind of responses to uh, to expect from the pilot? What kind of responses needs to be sent to the pilot? Right. So to us, um, it is a slight change in uh, in the operating procedures, which we do have to adapt uh, based on each airport. Because again, just like every airline has uh, the, uh, a slightly different way of operating, right? Um, on airports, each uh, interplane agent or interplane party has a different way of uh, operating as well, right? So uh, while while the Shell Network has kind of a standardized uh, operating uh, procedure, there will always be kind of nuances on the ground that we do have to have to watch out for. Yeah, so I think um, the software part, uh, like, like, like you and David has said, right? Uh, from a scalability, scalability point of view, I will call it a switch on for the next airport that we want to integrate together. If it's the integration has been done before, right? The cloud-based integration has been done before. But from our point of view then we do need time to make sure our operators are trained uh, and un- understand what's going on because they will then be working with two sets of processes if you think about it right the guy on the ground for kate flights for example they will be doing it digitally but for for the rest who are not yet uh on the on the journey of digitalization they still have to go back to the paper-based ticket. so there could be some confusion for our guys yeah so i think uh, this is where this is where there's a big watch point right and i think one other thing we'd like to also um, um, point out is that through this integration with with uh, with Kate as well right we realized that there are further improvements to efficiency right for example uh we spoke to Kate and we we discussed uh, whether service level 2 that means uh, operator uh, that means the setting of the fuel panels on the plane can be transferred to the operator instead of uh, the engineer or in some cases in some airlines is a pilot doing it, right? So um, instead of us, after receiving a fuel order, based on your uh, message flow just now, uh, after receiving a fuel order, instead of having to wait for the SL2 uh, service level to be performed, can my operator do it and carry on with with refueling? That saves us a lot more time on the apron as well, right? Mm -hmm. So that also allows us to then not not have to um, wait and uh, that, that uh, and, and we can then very naturally move on with the with the whole process of fueling yeah so i think um this all helps with operational efficiency so i think the big mess the, the big thing that shao is always looking at is how do we uh operate more efe- efficient but just as safely yeah so uh one of the things that we identified uh here and i think uh different airports at different service level uh, uh uh performance i think in terms of uh in asia i think generally we observe that most ITPs only do service level one, right? So then we realize that service level two plus this integration actually makes it more efficient. I think in European airports, mostly the ITPs are already doing service level two, right? So I think that then it became not so much a big uh, issue. Yeah, so I think nuances on the ground, uh, we do have to take note of, right? Um, and I think it becomes very much more um, a, a people type of training uh, problem, more than uh, more than a software thing. So like, like David said, the software thing is all done it's a one-time pain, right? And then after that, scalability-wise, you can switch on, switch on the next airport, switch on the next airport. But when you switch on, then you need to make sure your pilots and operators know what's going on.
1: Yeah. Alright, <laughs> as 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 I said again, so it's it's all about scalability. Doing that once once at an airport, you're done with it for for forever. Um, good. Um, now, Dave, back to you for um, because you were the party that needed, as I said, to 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 learn how to use the ADX scheme. Um, you already talked about how many departments you had to, um, to talk with or get on, get on board with, um, but what does it meant technically uh, for your system to integrate this, uh, this communication flow? Because I not believe, or let's better say I know because I can be honest with that, I know it, <laughs> um, that there is of course that your system needs some kind of interface to receive data and send out data. So, um, so, what, was it was it a huge deal for your IT department to to, to implement that technical um, technical communication, or was it was it a breeze?
3: Uh, okay, um, so first of all, um, for the um, for the technical, uh, integration, um, that is um, that is not not complicated. Um, so, um, um, honestly, is 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 more uh, more easier than what we originally thought. Um, so for us, I think the most challenging part is uh, not technical related uh, The most difficult part for us is about the PNL spirit period that we need to understand all the existing process uh, with the related parties and also uh, about the related systems. Uh, other than that, um, um, uh, our IT department also have to understand the standard on the uh, e-fueling. Uh, Because uh, this is something um, new to us because, you know, uh, we didn't uh, uh, have any knowledge about that, you know, uh, yet a standard on the e-filling previously. So um, so we need to spend some time to study about the standard. But anyway, uh, for the technical part is, uh, you know, much smoother than what we expected. Um, uh, I think uh, because of uh, multiple reasons. Uh, The first reason is because SAP has already established the integration with the, the API hub uh, before we start the project with CX so uh, it makes uh, the uh, you know uh, the, the work much simpler um, and also um, for us um, we just need to build the integration with ID1 um, then that's it and if i remember correctly the whole uh, development take us i mean the the real you know period for the department uh, took us uh, only two weeks uh, to complete, and then um, um, uh, more for, uh, on top of that uh, uh, we have got a great support from um, uh, id1 through the department uh, stage because uh, you know they have shared a lot of uh, their knowledge um, to us and also um, uh, thank you very much for John uh, for Johnson. Uh, you know, they also share a lot of their pe- uh, previous experience uh, uh, for us uh, as well.
2: No problem.
1: <laughs> yeah. um, as you said, you know, we, we, we now have talked a lot about um, that as soon as the integration is established, it can be reused and um, that the, the process can be adjusted to, to so many mm. um, airline specific processes and in the end of course it all comes down to the to the testing efforts that the two parties we are talking uh, talking about right now in specific can communicate in a way um we would like to expect so of course i think uh, for you johnson first um, there needed to be some some tweaks to to the whole um to 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 adjust to the process at the cafe um is using so maybe give us a quick and short insight on that. And and then after this, of course, I want to um hear a little bit from uh, from your experience of how the whole testing process um went through from uh from the perspective of YouTube.
2: Yeah. So um so generally our shell show evasion position has always been to adopt Iata AID extended, right? So um uh, so that every integration is harmonized, right? Uh, and therefore like we talked about a few times here it is scalable right because if you go to customize for everyone then i think uh, cost-wise it's not going to be sustainable yeah um however i do need to say that there are minor minute details that are not specified uh, enough in the standard and therefore requires us to bilaterally agree with Cathay how to deal with them right so i think uh, one example that came to mind was the issue around uh, prefixes and suffixes for flight numbers right and I think uh, there isn't a a uh, it wasn't really specified right and we had to bilaterally agree how do we deal with it yeah mm. so um, um however I didn't I didn't I don't remember any major tweaks right I think these are very minor ones which I, I believe in future as we uh, as we uh, we are all part of the, the uh, data data standards, uh, of the fuels data standards group, right? So I think uh, that will be definitely be discussed and resolved, I believe, in, in future, right? So there isn't major tweaks that would make it unsta- make the integration unsustainable or make it uh, a challenge to scale. Yeah, so I think um, not much to tweak. Uh, basically, it's copy paste most of the time, right? With uh, bi- small bilateral agreements, just because there isn't uh, um um it wasn't very specified yet. So I think. Uh, do you want me to touch on testing as well right now?
1: Um, yeah. Well, why don't you continue and then we move over to David from for, for his perspective.
2: Yeah. So I think uh, from the perspective of testing, I think uh, I think if people on the call have gone through a IT project uh, before, right, you will know that there are a lot of different stages of testing along the way, right? Um, uh, from layman terms, right, I call it uh, testing in office and then testing at on the actual site, right, and I think. COVID then becomes a real challenge. Yeah. Um, when we test in the office, when David is sitting in his office, I'm sitting in my office, everything works. (laughs) We know that, (laughs) right? The Wi-Fi is strong. The 4G signal is strong, right? Um, it's all top notch. I I think, although I, I still lost signal just now. Um, but at the apron, for some reason, right? Uh, there are blind spots. The 4G doesn't work or the 3G doesn't work. The Wi-Fi isn't transmitting any data. And I think it's a a real phenomenon if if you ask me, right, Uh, given all the uh, uh, infrastructure in place already, right, Uh, um, from an airport point of view. Uh, So the real challenge came in when we had to do on-site testing. Two real challenges. Number one was COVID. Number two was uh, internet connectivity, right? Um, Ideally, David and I should have been at Changi Airport doing a few round of uh, tests first on the ground before we introduce them to the pilots and uh, the operators. But obviously, I'm, I'm based in Singapore, right? And we are doing it at Changi Airport, so it's easy for me, but uh, it's not so easy for David. We had to adapt, right? I think uh, David had to request his pilots to test the systems out for him, right? Which was, uh, I think, from an IT project management point of view, you don't really do that <laughs> until you finish <laughs> as much UAT as possible. But of course, we, we have to adapt, right? And I think... Um, um, from from a signal strength point of view, uh, uh, locally we did go we did test test, test the whole uh, signal strength around the entire Changi Airport uh, during the uh, testing and go live right uh, due to again due to COVID the flights for Cathay was shifted from one terminal to another. So the lucky thing was that we we shifted to a terminal where the signal strength was strong, right? But we know on the ground that the signal strength on the other terminal where Cathay originally was it's a little bit weaker, right? So I think as we recover, right, this is gonna be one, one watch point for us as well. Yeah? So, and I think uh, various airports have different blind spots, right? but this is something that we kind of discover when, on the ground when, when you do the testing. Yeah. so I think if you think about it, software is easy, training is easy, and then uh, connectivity doesn't work. And then you have to call up your telecom provider to talk about, hey, what's going on and all that, yeah. So I think, um, these are the the unique things that happen, right? So you may think that everything is in place, and then the most simple four G connection fails. Yeah. So I think there's some some very uh, interesting bits uh, to to consider, right? Uh, I think for the audience here as well.
1: That's true. Well, nothing that, no, nothing to blame. Um, that, that to be honest, that's not a problem that we can blame on the three of us. Let's say, but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all know that uh, this, something like this can happen basically everywhere. Um, so, yeah, David, a quick take from your side. Johnson already mentioned that you were the person basically, to, to, to struggle <laughs> the, the situation. Uh, how did you experience it?
3: Okay, um, so, yeah, so uh, for us, uh, uh, we believe, um, you know, uh, the testing is actually uh, one of the modic- uh, most critical steps uh, for all the parties to confirm, you know, what we have done. Uh, is working correctly and also matching the uh, expectation. Uh, so, uh, so from my point of view, that um, a comprehensive test plan, uh, you know, prepare your is very important. Uh, so for us, we have uh, created a list of uh, different, uh, a list of the test cases uh, to try to cover as many different scenarios as we can, and also, we have uh, we have also listed our expected behavior for those test cases to share with uh, Shell and ID one for review before uh, we start the testing. Um, and also, it's also related to the point that um, uh, Johnson just mentioned uh, because uh, with the current yet standard, right? So it it it. Um, it cannot really um cover you know all different scenarios so when we walk through those um you know uh, those test cases um so um, we also discussed you know um when the system or the yet standard is not able to handle those uh, those test cases uh, so how should we adjust our procedure to you know fulfill the requirement yeah so anyway so this uh Uh, this step uh, can help all the parties to uh, 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 to understand the scope of the testing and also a better estimation about the time required to complete all the test cases. Uh, It also helps to uh, clarify the expected uh, business procedure uh, for both uh, Shell and CX to handle some special scenarios uh, before our testing. yeah, I also agree with, uh, with Johnson that, you know, the COVID is uh, causing us challenge for uh, the on-site testing before uh, uh, going live. Uh, moreover, I would like to uh, mention that not only that uh you know, fine tuned to the system required, but, you know, um, but uh, also agree with uh, John uh, Johnson that, you know, proper training to the user is also uh, very important. Yeah.
1: All right. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for those insights. You know, after after those takes, um, it might sound um, if, 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 that, that it is a very testing testing process, <laughs> a very um, yeah long and, and, and hard way to to, to go away um, to to go down that path and really finish the project but um yeah so to to get the audience back on track basically let's get a very quick question um out of the way because maybe that helps to um put it all in in, in reference so from the first technical meeting that um shell and kathy had up until the go live of the of the implementation how long did it take for you and always have in mind that of course shell in place, but for Cathay was the first time. So how long was it? David.
3: Uh, okay. Yep. So if I remember correctly, I think uh, we started our uh, first conversation with Stroud by about the end of March. And then uh, and then uh, we started the development in June. And as what I mentioned previously the, uh the development took us uh, about two weeks to finish. And then uh, after all the testing then uh, we go live in october
1: all right so basically end of march for beginning of october that was the whole time frame for you
3: yep 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 and for the for, i think for the first two or three months it's more like a touch base and also a discussion about uh uh the the plan you know how we can uh how we can you know uh move forward yeah of- yeah yeah
1: Perfect. Okay, so this is of course a very reasonable timeframe, and as, as you said, taking into account that yeah. you have the first three months of talking to all the departments that you mentioned in one of the answers before, and f- um, figuring everything out on how to move forward with the with the uh, with the implementation and all that. Um, yeah so um with that in mind you know now the, the process the, the project has gone live in october we're now in april in 2021 um yeah. so uh, johnson over to you first what is your um yeah resume of that what how how did it go um, did it surpass expectation what is your is what what is your take on uh, having completed the project with with cafe together
2: So I think um, it's been a good experience so far, right? And I think uh, we are regularly in touch with the operations guy on the ground. Um, There are, so no hiding, uh, no hiding. There are still issues that we are fixing, right? So I think uh, testing can only cover like 95 to 99% of all scenarios, but uh, there are always that 1% that happens when, when, when things go live, right? Nothing too drastic, right? I think things are still working. Um, we are really, really happy with this uh, integration, right? I think we've been pushing for um, uh, data exchange for the longest time because we believe in the benefits that, that came out of it. And I think we are starting to see these benefits being realized today, right? So I think um, this this has been a really great journey, right, uh, uh, bumps here and there. But having worked with uh, information design before, and I think uh, given our long-standing relationship with, between Shell and Cathay Pacific as well, I think um, the whole project was very well organized, right? And I think uh, the results really prove that, right? um, This type of projects typically involve a large number of stakeholders, right? In both the supplier side and the customer side, right? So I think having the ability for us to orchestrate this jointly has been a really key success. Um, I don't have the numbers at my fingertips, but um, most of the integrations are successful so far. Right, we uh, the starting we had some teething issues, but right now I would say um, it has matched, or I would even say it has ex- ex- exceeded expectations on the ground. yeah. David, maybe you want to share your your, your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes. over, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I uh, yeah I totally agree with uh, uh, Johnson. And actually, um, you know, the outcome is actually. Um, much better than what we already ori- originally expected. Um, yeah, so uh, I think at first, the first reason is be- uh, because you know SkyPack has already integrated with A-field. Um so it means uh, it, it means an inferior uh, shell. You know, does not need to do uh, too much extra um, to um, to enable that integration. Uh, so for CX. Um, uh, we just need to establish the integration with uh um, with the afield hub once uh you know it helps making all the work simpler. and um also another reason is uh, you know uh, I also mentioned previously, uh, it seems uh, afield hub is quite stable so far um and also the last uh, reason is uh, you know definitely um, uh, the team from shell and also id one uh, you know was being very helpful, uh, through throughout the whole process because you guys have more experience than us, right? So you have learned from your previous experience. So uh, thank you very much for for your support during the whole uh, uh, implementation period.
1: That's what we, you know, as a middleman, you always have to connect the two. So <laughs> always have to in that regard. And yeah, for, from my side, I can I can tell, um, I can yeah join join that feedback. It, it was really a pleasure um having the, the two of you um the two parties um deciding to go forward with that project and then of course um also also the project itself was smooth, smooth sailing from us uh, of course we always have the, the the task in the middle to to facilitate the whole testing communication and everything um so um yeah but overall it was really smooth sailing and um most importantly, of course, if, if the two parties, so in that case, Shell and Cathay are happy, how it went through, uh, I think we did a good job. And um, it, it, it also shows in the in the stability of the project in, in the product itself, as uh, David mentioned earlier. I think he, he is now speakers in bandwidth too low. We do reconnect automatically. OK, but I think David, you can hear us still, right?
3: Yes, I can hear you. Can you guys right. can, can hear me?
1: Uh, we can't see you, but we can hear you. That's that's all good. good. Oh, really?
3: It. Okay, okay, okay.
1: Okay. The bandwidth is uh, insufficient, but all good. As, as long as okay. we can still, now you're back even. Perfect. Um,
3: okay, okay,
1: yeah. Oh, good. So, so, so one final question before we move um, to, to the question of the audience, because I can, I can already see that there are some. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, now we have the integration. We already talked about That uh, you can scale it, that you can use it uh, at many different airports, for many different interplanes, for many different airlines. But talking about two of you, what are your joint plans in the future to expand the usage of the integration that you have in place currently?
2: Yeah, I think, um, so I think uh, we are, are, I mean, from Shell's perspective, we are so glad to have a partner like Kelly Pacific, right? I think uh, our networks overlap uh, uh, quite a bit. Right. So I think, David, correct me if I'm wrong, but we are looking at uh, other airports, um, Manchester and Dubai, I think. Yep. Right. Uh, of course, once flight activity resumes. Right. So I think um, um, once we reach herd immunity, as I hear on the news, right, I, I think uh, things go back to normal. I think Ayata thinks it's 20, 2024, right, um, as we kind of recover as an industry. Right. I think uh, uh, these are the two next airports that we are looking at. Right, and i think we won't stop there right david uh me if i'm wrong again right but we won't stop there hopefully we grow this uh uh along the way right so i think we've proven yeah. in singapore that it can be done uh even in a pandemic world right with uh, a lot of coordination and time allowance right so we are very much looking forward to going live in in, in uh, other airports uh, around the world yep perfect yeah yep. and you can yep. fill- um, uh,
3: Yep. So uh, yeah, I I I agree with Johnson. Uh, but just double confirm, you guys can hear me, right? Yes. It works. All good. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So I totally agree with uh, Johnson. So um, we definitely would like to partner with Shell to expand the lab work, and also for us, uh, for Cafe Pacific, um, our plan for this year is uh, continuing to expand our scope of e filling as many as possible. Uh, we already have uh, you know, a long list of airports that we would like to enable uh, the digital refill for this year. Um, you know, uh, definitely some of the um, uh, airports on the Shell are already in our top priority for, uh, for our list. And uh, also, uh, this is uh, our pleasure to be able to partner with Shell and ID1 to enable the uh, e-fueling in Singapore.
1: We are always here for that. So with that, uh, we come to the end of our question round, but as I mentioned, we already have some questions um, on uh, for, from the audience. So I just don't wanna close the session right now, but um, come over and check out the questions from the audience. So so first of all, from Daniel from the IATA, um, because I, I get that out of the way, it's, it's rather a comment than a question. He will be more than, uh, we will be more than happy if the IATA Fuel Data Standard Group um, to receive input on which needs uh, are not covered by the standard, we would incorporate them. So this really goes out um, to to the two of you, to all other people yep. in the audience. Um, if you are willing to expand the um, the standard and really see the use of that, and and uh, really want to uh, make it the perfect um, standard to cover everything that uh, in regard to fueling. Um, mm-hmm. Um, connect with Daniel um, and um, and join the Fuel Data Standard Group, so we can really get the, ex- the, the all the experts in that group to to progress to, process, um, to improve the um, the standard even further in the future. Mm. So, um, yep. let me what are the ones with the most upvotes okay so i'll go with the one from dimitri first um that's directed at you david so um he asks um do your local authorities require electronic signature in in the fuel delivery tickets or do you duplicate it in paper at the moment
3: oh okay um no so um uh for us uh basically you know uh the because i like what you show in your slides so um um, you know once we receive the digital field uh, ticket then uh, there will uh, a lot send it back to the independent the agent right so uh, for us that uh, a already represent the digital signature yeah so there's no no
2: no no need for us
1: all right um so, uh, just checking here
2: um so i think for D- dimitri um i know of airports where the local authorities require signature on paper um and not the electronic signature right so uh i've experienced this i think if, I, if i'm not wrong in marseille right and i mm-hmm. think uh, a long journey to work with the authorities to, to to change that yeah mm-hmm. um but most other airports that i've dealt with so far um does not require uh specifically an electronic signature or a physical uh, signature uh, typically it's a uh, either an airline requirement or a internal shell requirement to have say the operator sign on the uh, either electronically or in the case of paper on on the paper itself uh but yeah so i think um, not many authorities uh that i come across with that require such uh, signatures yeah. mm.
1: Just, just as a little sneak peek, um, we with, with AFUEL are currently working on um, also implementing a feature uh, to support electronic signature, so stay tuned, we will inform all of you as soon as we are uh, pro- progressing with that to a, to a better beta stage so you can all um, use that um, if you need it at, um, in the country you're operating in, of course, as we just heard. Um, so Rizat is asking, um, I think, David, you, you've covered that already, and uh, Johnson, maybe you as well. Um, have you experienced any data loss during the fuelings, which could have an impact on a smooth operations? And if so, how do you handle this?
3: Mm.
2: OK, uh, maybe Johnson, you, yeah. you go first. Sure. So um, data loss, yes. right. I think I spoke about this at length. Uh, and uh, I have not met an airport that does not have a blind spot. <laughs> Yeah, surprisingly, Um, we fall back to the manual process, right? Um, uh, Most of my operators say in Singapore right now. They are uh, familiar with both the manual process and the digital process. If the digital one doesn't work, we go back to manual and we inform the airline representative uh, immediately that it's not working. Yeah, so um, um, it's quite obvious when it doesn't work, right? So you can stand there for five minutes and, and nothing just comes through, right? And then you you just naturally talk to the airline representative on the ground to, to figure out what's going on. And uh, when the most important thing is to not let such data loss cause a, uh, a delay, right? And uh, I think uh, that will be loss of, uh, we all know, um, delays cost money to the airline, right? Uh, and I think there's a lot of follow-up investigations after that as well. So typically, when there is a data loss, uh, we advise our operators to quickly move to the manual one, uh um, just to make sure things moves uh smoothly. Alright. Yeah. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> yeah. So for me, I agree.
3: Agree with uh, Johnson. So um. Yeah. So um. You know um. Light work We cannot guarantee it. They are you know always one hundred percent you know stable. Uh even though uh, for this uh, meeting, you know, uh, is not uh that stable but um anyway um uh we always uh, have the better procedure which is the manual uh, process that we use we use to to use privacy right so so any any and if uh, we find anything uh, not working then i will just uh, fall back to the previous uh, manual process and i think uh, one one point that uh, johnson called out uh, that is very important is Uh, Making sure that, uh, you know, you have set that the the correct expectation, for example, you know, uh, you have set that uh, five minutes as uh, uh, a expectation, then uh, over five minutes uh, and nothing happened, then then immediately fall back to the uh, many process so that uh, making sure, you know, um, the whole process is still smooth and uh, will not cause any delay for the flights.
1: All right Then yeah uh, but
3: uh, but at the same time I just want to mention that you know uh you know um other than the internet collectivity you know uh, uh, uh issue sometime majority of the cases okay yeah
1: <laughs> okay good yeah. Uh, yeah another question from danley but I think we will cover that later in your individual uh, presentation because he's asking uh what are the uh, business benefits for CX um and that they can derive from the digitalization we will cover that later and yeah. um christian also asked uh, about your common plans of Cathay and shell in terms of building connections in asia um you already covered um that or do you have any um so so, so you're looking at the um especially at the shell skype that locations in asia to connect them uh in in the near future right yep yep all right yep. perfect Good, so um, this was um, a quite a long session, but I hope um, that we delivered all the insights um, to the audience that they were looking for. Um, for now as promised, um, we will have a short five minute break and uh, we will come back after that um, with uh, David's individual presentation on the uh, business benefits for, um, for Cathay Pacific and how this works from, from their perspective uh, individually so um stay on board stay online uh we will be right back and uh, yeah you too thanks again so much for 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 being with me on stage it, it was a pleasure and uh yeah we will see each other on stage again uh for now okay and um yeah see you b- back in 5 minutes
3: okay sure okay you
1: so welcome back everybody so i hope That you're already uh, back in front of your computers, your tablets, your phones, wherever you're watching us. Um, As promised, um, this was the um, first session. There we have uh, Johnson, David, where are you?
2: I'm here. Can you hear me?
1: Yeah, we can hear you, David. Thank you. Um, Right. Thank you. So uh, just as a little recap, I, I hope you all enjoyed the first session. Um, it was a very detailed one. And as I already said, um, the, the whole session is recorded right now and we will upload it. Um, so you can rewatch it whenever you want or You can share it with your colleagues. You can share it within your departments, uh, everything you want. And uh, we're always here to, to talk about the, the details um, about what we talked about in the, the session. So, um, I think for now, um, as promised, we will um, continue with two individual uh, presentations of uh, our two gentlemen here. Um, first off, we would like to have uh, David presenting the view from Cathay Pacific. So, um, mm-hmm. David, from now on, it is uh, the stage is yours, as we will okay. as we, um, Johnson. Uh, the two of us can uh, simply leave the stage and leave all the spotlight to uh, to David. And uh, yeah, let's just uh, check if the sharing of your screen works and then we will just leave you with OK,
3: that. sure. Let me do it now.
1: Looks promising. There we go. Can Did you it all it see part? that? Yeah. yeah. It
3: works. OK, Dance perfect. It.
1: OK, David, the stage is yours. See you later. Bye
3: okay okay thank you very much so hi everyone so this is uh what i would like to present uh for cafe pacific so this is not only about the digital review is uh, actually about the journey of the digital digitalization uh for cafe pacific um so um actually the whole journey start with our in-house development of the uh, eff uh, so first of all we have formed a, a strong team with technical experts, uh, UX design experts, and also our product owner, which is uh, one of our captains in company Pacific And then uh, once the team is formed, then uh, we start building our digital platform on the cloud. And um, uh, with this uh, digital platform, we integrate that with uh, multiple systems uh, to gather all the required information for our EFF application. Um, So I just want to share here. So um, our EFF is not just only to replace uh, the paper version of the flight plan, but it's more like a single system for our pilots to get all the required information rather than going to different systems to get the information that they need, okay? Um, and then uh, after, um, you know, the framework is created, then uh, our UX designers also start to uh, do um, his work on the end design and, you know, uh, what will be the best way to uh, improve the, uh, 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 the user experience and make the application more user friendly. And then our developers start uh, doing the development and then finally, the top the product is the, um, the EFF application running uh, on the iPads. Okay, and um, once the application is completed, then uh, we launch the application uh, to all our pilots, and um, all the pi- um, all the pilots will be uh, given uh, iPad. And in the iPad, it has a, a global roaming SIM card uh, within the iPad. So it guarantees that uh, our users can, will have a network connectivity all over the world. I mean, all over the world, uh, anywhere. And then I think we'll use that app um, uh, in the iPad to start to you know uh, interchange information with our cloud platform. And because of that, so it means uh, you know, no more paper is required. So everything will be replaced by that uh, application running in the iPad. And here is a kind of a high level of milestone uh, uh, on the timeline that I would like to share with all of you. Uh, so first of all, we um, um, created our own EFF application by about the year of uh, 2018. Uh, that's uh, about the timeline that we launched the first version of our EFF application, and then uh, um, by early uh, twenty nineteen, uh, we st- uh, we studied the uh, feasibility of enable digital, and then uh, we uh, analysis uh, for the possible technical approach, and uh, we. And then uh, we decide, you know, after all the um, uh, study, then uh, we decided to use a field as our integration hub. And uh, by uh, year 2020, in about March, uh, we started the conversation with Shell. And then uh, by June, uh, then uh, we started the development. And uh, by July, we already started the, um, the integration test and also the UAT. And uh, uh, by October, then uh, is uh, official uh, launch or go live of um, uh, the digital refueling uh, with a single box shell okay um so uh, here i would like to share with you about the whole field uplift process and this is more specific for um for cafe pacific so i'm not sure you know how they uh, uh, how the other airline handle their uh, you know a few uplift process, but uh, maybe some some area will be in common. Okay, so first of all, our captain will fill in the um, request form at the copy area, and then our engineer will go up to the copy area to get the request form uh, from the captain. After that, then uh, the uh, um, engineer will uh, pass the request form to uh, the uh, into plane um, uh, operator. And then the operator will start uh, the fuel uplift based on the request. And then uh, once the fuel uplift uh, is completed, then uh, you know um, uh, the operator will pin out uh, the receipt and then uh, give it to the uh, engineer. And then the engineer bring it up to uh, the copy area and uh, pull us and give it to the captain. And then the captain review and then assign the receipt. And then uh, a, uh, a copy will be given back to the uh, engineer, and then engineer bring uh, the copy back to the operator, and, and now uplift computer and leave. So you can see that you know during the whole uh, process, you know there quite a lot of uh, manual effort and a lot of time spent on uh, waiting and also uh, you know walking around. Okay, so uh, and also, I would like to share with you the um, the way how we get how we get the data previously. I mean, we uh, are with the with the many process. So first of all, uh, after uh, our captain has got the fill received, uh, he will insert that into the file envelope and at the same time. He will enter the field figure into the FMC uh, on the aircraft manually. And then um, the FMC will send the field uplift information through the ACAS message into uh, our CX uh, internal system. And when the aircraft come back to Hong Kong, then uh, that envelope will be sent to uh, one of our internal team. And that team is uh, responsible to review the receive and validate the data that uh, the pilot has entered into the system manually one by one. Because uh, when the pilot entered the um, the fuel uplift amount, uh, sometimes it can have a manual uh, uh, error. Maybe you know uh, missing one zero or you know having one extra zero, making a big difference. So we need to validate uh, the receipt with the system. And uh, once uh, the validation is completed, then uh, we need to find a location to do the filing of the receipt. And after all that's done, then our account can proceed with the payment uh, settlement. Okay, with the new process, First of all, our pilot already got the iPad with the internet access and uh, with the EFF application running. So our, our captain just need to submit the fuel uplift request from the EFF application, and then that request will go to the uh, operator's, uh, operator's iPad automatically. And once um and once the iPad um, the operator received the um, Uh, the request, then uh, they will uh, start the field uplift. And at the same time, uh, the shell uh, system will provide the field uplift milestone update uh, to our system as well during the uplift. And once the field uplift is done, um, so once the field uplift uh, is done, then uh, the um, the shell operator will send the digital review summary uh, to uh, our captain through the system. Then our captain can review the summary in his iPad immediately. And then um, at the same time, uh, the, the digital review summary we also send to our CX internal system immediately as well. So um, our captain accept the summary and then the field uplift uh, completed uh, for sure. And at the same time, our uh, captain can already settle the payment already because uh, there will be no validation required anymore because you know the, the number is not entered by our captain manually anymore. Okay, and this is about the future plan for Cafe Pacific. So, uh, on the left hand side are all the airports that, um, you know, uh, Cafe Pacific network has covered. And on the top is uh, Singapore. Uh, uh, and um, next to the airports, uh, those are the uh, interplane agents. And uh, uh, Singapore is under shell. And also uh, for the other airports uh, uh, we have and uh, we have other interplane agents. And also at the bottom, you can see Hong Kong and Hong Kong one of our um, uh, interplane agent is WFS. Okay. Um, So, and another layer next to the um, uh, interplane agent, Uh, you know, each uh, different different, uh, agent use, you know, uh, different solutions. For example, Shell use SkyPack, and also some other company uh, use uh, eBITS or ISEX. and also for uh, for Hong Kong WFS, they actually use their in-house developed system uh, for the digital review. And okay, so for our plan is all this system all this system will integrate with uh, a field hub. Okay, so for us. We do not need to do, you know, too much work to enable a new uh, airport, uh, in the future. So, uh, for us, I think that the the main work required is uh, probably about the testing on the integration with the new airport, uh, to make sure that you know everything works correctly. And also for your information, uh, for uh WFS, uh, because they are. Creating that in house uh, developed uh, system. So, right now they are working closely with um, uh, ID1 on that integration. And also, ID1 has uh, provided uh, great support to WFS uh, on that development. OK, and uh, this slide is about uh, the benefits for convey uh, for perceiving. Uh, so, uh, the first one is. Um, uh, not only about digital review, but also you know uh using the A hub uh the A field hub uh, surface. Um the first benefit is uh you know one single integration point for CX. So we do not need to uh, manage you know uh, hundreds of uh, integration points. Uh so it really reduces us a lot of work. And um also um according to the previous slide, you can see that you know it can actually help reduce the time required for the for the whole field uplift uh, procedure Um, we have uh, we actually have done um, uh, some tests by ourselves uh, by comparing you know with the manual process and the uh, digital review process of course you know uh, uh, the uh, manual review process is uh, the normal case Uh, you know how long it will take for the engineer to you know go up and down um and by comparing to the digital review process we find that you know uh, it can save up to 15 minutes uh, for the whole process yeah so you of course you know if you know uh, we have work and if everything works correctly as expected but you can see that you can uh, that that's uh, one of the big benefits for us and also uh, the third one is uh protect our crew farmers. Uh, during the COVID-19 period, right, because it can uh, reduce the uh, uh, the chance of direct contact. Um, and the fourth one is uh, reduce the time required to get the field uplift data into our system. Uh, in the previous slide, you know, um, first of all, uh, the pilot needs to send the message through the ACAST uh, into our system. But for us, we need to wait until the physical uh, fuel uplift ticket uh, to come back to the Hong Kong airport. And then for our service team to do the validation. And after all those process, then, uh, you know, then we can confirm the data in our system is correct. And then our, our finance team or account team can start to settle the payment. And also, um, the next one is a reduce the chance of human error, of course, and also uh, and also uh, the source required for uh, the data validation. And uh, the second last is a reduce the field payment time, um, so that uh, help increase the chance of uh, you know bargaining for better payment term. You know. And also, lastly, uh, that is uh, environment friendly. uh, You know, reduce the number of paper being used. Uh, I think uh, that is always good uh, for the whole world. Uh, Okay. uh, The next slide is about our challenges. Okay. So um, the first challenge that we uh, we experience uh, is when we start it, uh, it requires some learning curve at the very beginning, including a trial and error. But uh, once you have gone through the first phase, then uh, you know, everything starts to speed up and accelerate. And the second one, uh, the second challenge is, you know, we cannot guarantee our creativity at all locations, but uh, as what we mentioned previously, you know, uh, we always have the many processes as uh, our backup plan. Um, and also uh, the third one is, you know, different company use different service provider uh, with uh, different system behavior and also uh, integration channel, and so um, when we consider that uh, this challenge, uh, we decided to you know use ID one as a uh, one single integration hub to help overcome this uh, challenge. And the last one is uh, the uh, difficulty on handling multiple review agents at the same airports. For example, in Hong Kong we have uh, free review agents, and not all of them have already enabled uh, the digital review. And, uh, you know, it's hard to... So first of all, for our pilots, it's hard for them to know whether his flight should be using the traditional many process or using the the new digital review process. Okay, that's um, for our pilots. And from an uh, IT perspective, you know, it's hard for us to determine, you know, which uh, feel agent that we should uh, send the request to. Um, yeah, so I think that that's uh, 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 our current challenge. Uh, so um, uh, hopefully, there will be some uh, solution in the future that can help us uh, to overcome this issue. But anyway, um, I think that that's all that I would like to share for my presentation. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you very, very much, David, for those insights. It's uh, It was a really, really good presentation, as uh, Romy already uh, mentioned in the questions as well, um, to to really see how the process on your side uh, works. You know, my message flow that, that I showed previously is yep. one part, it. And as you already mentioned in, in the session, but how everything is processed on your side and how it is integrated into your systems, it's uh, yeah. is a, a, a different uh, one. And I think um, you already mm. um, covered De- uh, Daniel's question from from the business benefits. Uh, very, very well on. Um, mm. Or uh, to last last two slides. Um, mm. So Rami, asking you. Um, well, she's presuming that the electronic process also works through defueling an aircraft as well. And we both can, uh, I think, agree on that, that this is of course possible. Um, Yeah, Romy, so the the AIDX scheme um, also allows to send out a fuel order message with the um, saying that this order is a defueling order. So this is uh, as simple as making a normal fuel order, you can also make a defueling fuel order at the same time um uh, one question from my side, David so you you mentioned the the, the project you started in 2017 um and how is how's is that how's the whole uh, project progressing so are you already completely done with it or are you constantly revisiting it to implement new features and all that uh
3: yeah so um we actually implement uh, like what I mentioned right by uh, the year uh, 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 2017, uh, uh, we launched the first version of our, uh, our application and actually that that is just uh, the first phase of our project. And um, right, uh, and uh, we, uh, we actually just complete the second phase of our project um, uh, by the end of uh, 2020 and uh, by May of this I mean uh, by May of this year we will start our, our phase three as well. So, so so for us you know is keep expanding yeah um, one of the reason for that is uh, first of all uh, uh, like what I mentioned uh, at the very beginning uh you know we are not just creating a new application we actually created a, a new digital platform for the fire operation and um, and because of that and also um because uh, um, you know our project is pretty successful so uh, a lot of other teams start to see the benefit uh, of uh, you know using our platform to help them to solve their existing issue as well or they would like to you know get uh, information from our system as well so that's why you know if we are keep having uh keep uh, expanding our project and adding new features and also uh, keep having a new phase for uh for our project
1: all right thank you very yeah. much um and again a very big thank you for uh for being part of this webinar because <laughs> i think with that your uh your screen time your stage time comes to an end so very yeah. very huge thank you for for being uh, for agreeing to joining me on stage doing the joint mm-hmm. session with johnson and delivering your insights uh with the presentations uh with, with that presentation you just did um i would like to hand out the opportunity to the audience um to um either contact um to, to contact me if you want to get in, con- in uh, contact with david so it's afuel at id1.de as, as a mail address and i will forward that um in case you have any more questions uh, to david and as dimitri already uh, asked in the questions yes um we will share all presentations as a content bundle um of the whole webinar after it is all finished So, you're covered with that, Dimitri. No worries. Again, thank you very much, David. It was a pleasure and uh, see you soon.
3: Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: So, there we go. One session left to go. Um, And as you already know and can expect, uh, it's time for Johnson to be on stage again. And here he is already. Quick as always. Um, Yeah. Same procedure uh johnson the, the, the stage is forced to give uh, give um the audience the perspective uh, from shell aviation so um yeah. try to share the screen just to make sure that everything works and it does all right johnson see you uh, see you in a few minutes have <laughs> fun bye
2: thanks um i'll keep this short uh we have been uh on on this for about two hours plus now so i'll keep this short because uh, a lot of the points uh david has covered uh the benefits actually overlap with what the uh supplier and itps uh see right so i think uh um just a quick a quick introduction we call our system skype and uh, we call this integration skype data exchange right and uh, today i'm going to share um, before I share, of course, um, Shell requires me to put a disclaimer up here, don't worry about it. <laughs> right. And I think today we're just going to share about a few things, right? So I just want to talk a little bit about uh challenge of future uh, given the pandemic stage right now and how we see operational efficiency helping us and potentially helping the airlines, how it is today. Right. And I think some of you are asking about how uh, building business cases. So I hope this will help. Um, how does the NTA? and digital journey uh, solution look like, which I think David covered in great detail, the benefits in short, and then uh, maybe a little bit of what should you do next, right? So moving on. So I think many of us are familiar with this chart, right? Um, IATA has estimated that we will only get back to 2019 levels by 2024, right? And I think, uh, inshallah, what we believe is, as we recover, right, technology is going to play a big role Right, uh, in 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 helping us be more efficient, keeping costs down, right, as we write the recovery, right. And how does then technology help in uh, our operational efficiency? And how why is operation operational efficiency important? Right, I think I don't need to dwell on this a lot longer because I think most of you know, right. Uh, delays will have will cause, but I mean, will result in unhappy customers, right. And unhappy customers don't take your don't take your airline again. Right. Another thing is, of course, we are hoping to reduce our operational cost, right? And I think uh, just by David's uh, animation just now, you can see how much time can be saved and how much uh, lesser interaction can be achieved, right? Which which really plays very well into the COVID uh, era, yeah. So, what does today's manual process look like, right? Uh, David has gone through a lot in detail, so I just want to capture the key bits, right? there is a manual transmit, uh, transmitting of data to the uh, oil supplier, right? So via phone, via uh, by filling up a request sheet, via an email sometimes, so d- different airlines do it differently, right? On the ground during fueling, we have to wait for the engineer to set the fuel panel before the operator commences fueling. Typically, the engineer has to then speak to the operator and align on on, on certain things like fuel volume uh, 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 and and. And uh, basically, mostly fuel volume, right? So there's a touch point over there. After the uh, fueling is done to the uh, first first, uh, d- based on the first order, right? Uh, engineer will confirm with the pilot for the final order, just like what uh, um, David has talked about. Reset the panel again, right? Before we start refueling again. So you can see here that there's a lot of time loss because of all these handovers, yeah. And finally, when everything is done, right? Um, the pilot locks the final fuel figure manually in their database. Whereas my guy on the ground does the same thing manually uh, into our database, right? So data doesn't flow, which means that there will always be a need for reconciliation, right? So if you go back and look at how much uh, time and effort is spent on reconciliation, it must have been significant, right? There There are even technological processes or technological stuff being built just to do recon faster and more efficient, yeah? So two main things: manual input of data results in time con- uh, is time-consuming and results in errors, right? Manual handoffs on the ground results in idle time, right, which lengthens turnaround time, which means there's a higher risk of delay, right? So, oh, sorry. Um, fast. Let me get back here. So, how does these inefficiencies then impact? uh airlines right so i think just think about it right i'll leave you with this story Uh, there might be one error which resulted in one intended unintended invoice discrepancy right so your you and your team then spent a lot of time just to investigate what went on when you ask a guy on the ground they can't remember what happened right so this is just one potential issue right so imagine you have six to seven ongoing dispute investigations at the same time right this takes up a lot a lot of man hours so i think as we recover right these are things that are not worth spending time on yeah even even before 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 i would say these are things also not worth spending time on right they are not value adding for the supplier they are not value adding for the uh for the airline as well right so i think such resolutions are unnecessary and basically a distraction which reduces all our productivity yeah so why skype data exchange then is that this removes a lot of these uh, uh, pain points yeah um, if the pilot can send data to my operator quickly and efficiently right my operator can set the panel and start refueling without uh, waiting for the engineer when the final fuel amount comes in he resets the panel again and starts refueling again and when everything is done, the final amount is confirmed electronically with the pilot. And you can see on the right side, right over here, is consistent information between my database and the airline's database, which means that from now on, there really isn't a need for reconciliation. And the, dis- the likelihood of disputes are going to be much lower. So this frees up a lot of man-hours and which these man-hours can then be diverted to be more productive um, uh, areas, yeah? So, in summary, right, I just want to capture this, right? We know for airlines, right, the currency of refueling is seconds and accuracy, right? We don't want delays, we don't want invoice disputes, right? And in the in times of a pandemic, face-to-face interaction means, uh, less face-to-face interaction means lower health risk for our frontline workers as well, right? So, in short, faster turnaround time, right? Uh, you save, I think, uh, David was looking at fifteen minutes, uh, based on Shell's estimations, about eight to thirty minutes, right? varying um, data accuracy, uh, full time, uh, staff savings, full time man hour savings, basically, right. So I think we estimate to be about one point five full time staff. So different allies see different numbers. We understand that, right? Depending on on, on the location and the number of flights, yeah. And finally, in the co- in the COVID world, then we can achieve social distancing, right? So I think after we did this, there is no more face to face interaction between us and the engineer or us and the pilot, right? Unless there is an issue yeah so this helps lower the health risk to our frontline workers okay so i'll leave you with this right and i think i hope i've excited some of you in this webinar right Uh, and i think as a next step if you're interested to integrate talk to us right if we have uh uh sites where we are supplying you right those can be jointly identified as potential pilot sites the IT teams will talk to each other, right? And we can then establish a uh, plan, uh, a project plan, and timelines. Yeah, so simple four steps. But most importantly, talk to us, right? If you are interested, we are interested to help you. If you are interested to, to go on this journey, and that's it for me, Robin.
1: Here I am again. <laughs> thank you very very much John Johnson for those insights. And uh yeah, you could just repeat what, what he said. If, if you don't have um his direct mail or anything, contact me uh id one dot e. I will um forward any mail you send me um that is related to, to what Shell is doing. So thank you very very much for those uh those insights Johnson and um again simply um this presentation will be part of the uh, content bundle that will be sent out to all of the attendees um, up until Friday. I think I will manage that. If not, um, you will have to uh, not so much longer for it. so um, so you can click through it uh, on your own and uh, make up your mind um, how to how it can help your airline, your interplane your maybe maybe as a consultant your personal uh, business as well. So Johnson. Thank you very, very much for uh, taking that time to to be part of this webinar for the two sessions. Um, it was a real pleasure to having you to giving uh, us um, all the insights. And uh, yeah, I hope you're um, you're not scared to do that at another time in the future. Maybe
2: <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, I think we can we can we can always deconflict schedules. No worries. Happy to always be uh, able to help. Right yeah, it yeah, uh, well, yeah, go well.
1: down to you, David, If um, I, I hope um, I can put you on, on, on my short list um, if we want to do something like that again.
3: <laughs> okay. Yeah, sure. No problem. Yeah.
1: You're good. Okay. That's not, that's so, yeah. you two, you're now um, free to leave the stage and I will close uh, the webinar for now. And again, a massive thank you to the two of you. Thanks,
3: okay.
1: David. Oh, well, unfortunately, they, there is no virtual applause here in that. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> OK, OK, OK. Thank you.
3: Goodbye, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye, everyone.
1: Good. So here we are. Here we are at the end of the second webinar of the Future Fuel Lab. And I very much hope that uh, you enjoyed it, that um, many of your questions that you had coming in were answered and um that you're feeling more equipped to basically go along the journey of digitalizing and revolutionizing um your your fueling process uh, in the future um for that of course um again thanks to david and, and johnson for all the insights they delivered and um thank you um as an audience for for, for sticking with us for for asking so many questions and uh um, yeah I hope we were able to give you all the insights um, you wanted for now I can say that this it was the first webinar of 2021 saying that it was the first one uh, it kind of um, assumes that there will be a second one and I can assure you that there will be one um, we will um, uh, announce it um, in advance so you will uh, know about it for sure uh, but to make sure Uh, that you don't miss anything related to the Future Fuel Lab, meaning the content bundle, the upload of the sessions, and all the um, other content content that we will share uh, on a regular basis with our Fuel Lab members, Um, you should go to afuel.id1.de and sign up as a member of the Future Fuel Lab, so we have your email address and we can send you all the information at any time. Um, We have something for you and of course again if you have interest in starting a project will it will, will, either you're working for an airline if you're working for an interplaner you want to become part of the network um, you want to maybe exchange some thoughts about the future of digital fueling we're always here for you um, and you can write us a mail on um, at afuel.id1.de feel free to always do that we will reply in a very short time um to all of your mails um yes so this is that handled you know how to contact us you know how to join the fuel lab and with that yeah i think it's time to say goodbye for now it was a pleasure having you um and i hope to see a lot of you guys in the future in the people section of my uh, webinar platform but even more i hope that at one point in time we will see each other in person at one of the uh live offline events that we will definitely host in the future as soon as it's possible so for now thank you very much for attending and see you next time goodbye